Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. Hello again. Welcome to episode eight of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I'm Sarah D. Bunting. And I'm Mark Blankenship. And today it's June. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. 10,000 pounds. Mud, mud, mud. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly remember how you were meant for me got onto our discussion list, except that I do remember Mark referring to it as, quote, the biggest piece of shit song of the 90s. Yeah, that's true. That's just, I'm that surprised is what you confined it to the 90s. I hadn't heard it in a while. And wow. She's not good. But no. then I <laughs> decided, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that Hands is just as bad, if not worse. So we're going to play a clip of You Were Meant For Me, then we're going to play a clip of Hands, and then we're going to work some shit out. little snippet i feel like maybe we should just lance the boil once now and then get back to it if we need to sure um i i will begin just the pronunciation of pancakes too <laughs> it's like she's wandering through an anthropology catalog that someone used to pick up dog shit is a and speaking of dog shit b her transition between registers is unacceptably terrible like your husband is mm -hmm. a music instructor, yes, 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 among other things. He has many skills, but I am kind of dying to hear what he thinks of her, like, just song craft, which is, like, non-existent. Yeah, like, how would we describe that vocal technique? Um, <laughs> exactly. We, I mean, at Princeton, we would have called it um, the digressions technique, a little background on that. Uh, the acapella groups, and there were like a million. At Princeton, would do arch things on the weekend, like in the Gothic buildings. There were arch doorways, and they would stand there between you and the beer was my primary concern. But they were also, you know, singing acapella versions of classics. And there was always some, like, little white girl who was trying to step to Aretha. Like, <laughs> and it's not like, go there if you think you know the way. That's fine. But the trilling, like the Episcopal vibrato was like, that's, that's not how you, that's not the way. 
That's not how you go. Please, please, Sarah, please record an album called Episcopal Vibrato. <laughs> please record it. I'll buy 800 copies of it. Oh, my God. I'll give them out at supermarkets. And and burn them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, I mean, ne- leaving aside the lyrics that are totally like, whatever, sophomore section. And I'll be picking those up, so don't you worry. Because I always feel like it's a little unfair to come at people's lyrics because Almost everyone's lyrics in pop have been kind of like abstractedly whiffy and terrible since fucking the 40s. All right, not Sinatra, but sometimes Sinatra. So I don't feel that that's totally fair, but just like paired with this like aggressively cutesy, it's like someone wrapped their fist in a peasant blouse and punched me in the face. This is a terrible... This is so much worse than I remembered. Congrats, I guess. (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure Hans is hands down going to lose. But... Well... Please tell us some of your feelings. Well, I'll just say in advance, Hans also fills me with rage. I will also say before we start that I should acknowledge... There used to be... You know, there used to be like a thing where everybody... (laughs) <laughs> Here we go. There used to be a thing where people would always say, I like everything but rap and country, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they still say that. But there also was a time when I feel like a lot of people would say, I hate Jewel except for Foolish Games. Like that was sudden, that was like the one Jewel song that got the exception to the rule. And I will say, okay, I'm in that camp. I just before, I'm, before I launch into what I'm about to launch into, Foolish Games, I actually like that song. And then there's a song later in her career called Standing Still. That I also like and currently uh, have on my iPod. Because I still use an iPod, but let's not get into that. But those two songs aside, I feel like that Jewel is the absolute distillation of everything that was wrong with the otherwise wonderful Lilith Fair era of music. And where to begin? Oh my god. Well, first of all, if I were to sum it up in a global sense, I feel like Jewel makes me so fucking angry because Jewel has no sense of humor about herself whatsoever. Like, she is so fucking mirthless. And there's even the way that she sings these shitty lyrics, like you were just talking about, the phrasing, pancakes, and she has to do, she has to keep demonstrating how how like meaningful things are by the way that she oversings them. And I just remember at the time that the little affair was happening, there were all of these quotes by her that were always so snotty. Like, there was a Rolling Stone article where she was like, you know, it's great to be on this tour with all these women, and it doesn't even matter how many records you've sold, even though I've sold the most. And it's just like, that's the thing that's so infuriating, is that she somehow manages to be self-serious, but also completely snobby. And I remember, too, when I went to the little affair uh, with my friends in Nashville... She came out at the end when the Indigo Girls, blessed saints that they are, brought everyone out for a group sing of Closer to Fine. And they gave bits of the song to everyone, and Jewel fucked up the lyrics to Closer to Fine. And it made me oh, so angry because girl. you just like, I was like, girl, you wouldn't even have a career if Closer to Fine had not broken through onto the radio. You need to learn your respect. And I turned to my friend Laura and I said, I bet Jewel would cry if she knew how much I hated her. <laughs> Which was true at the time. Ah! Anyway, the point is, so that, that like, sort of overweening self-seriousness is one thing that bothers me. But then, of course, you can... And then there's that sense of calculation to it, too. Like, that whole, like, I lived in a van in Alaska. Which time has proven to be kind of a bullshit story. Mm, Shocker. Yeah, it's like she's completely dishonest and self-serious. 
And it's like, you know who else is completely self-serious? Natalie Merchant. And yet I really like 10,000 Maniacs. And I've been trying to think about why is it that self-seriousness in other artists, because Tracy Chapman also is not someone who seems like she's a barrel of No, mass. she's not probably one giggle max. Yeah, and even at that, it's just because she realizes that for the... She's like sort of the dark laughter that springs from hell when she realizes that yet another homeless person has been dragged away in chains in an unjust system. Whatever. But I, I think it's because it is both the self-seriousness and then the lack of apparent sincerity in Jewel that makes me crazy. Because I will say that Tracy Chapman and Natalie Virgin, for all of their stick-in-the-mudness, do seem like they mean it. Like, they just... Like, Natalie Merchant is just... She just seems like she can't help but talk about how she's going to ruin her uh, brother's coming home party from the army because she has to tell him that the military is an evil machine. And that's, like, super immature and totally lit major women's college thing. Yeah, but, no, a total Vassar Thanksgiving break first year. But, yeah. like, because Jewel But is, we all did it. But yeah. The thing is, like, I feel like they come by it so much more honestly yes. in terms of their um, musicality. Like, I actually don't know how, you know, well any of them plays an instrument or has studied music relative to the others. Right, right. But I think Jewel's whole, like, do-it-yourself, it's just me and my dollar spiral notebook here in my van in Alaskaville. But it's, like, so... scene is so horseshit. Like, yes. Yeah. And it, it is, again, it's that combination of completely mirthless and completely phony. Because on the, at the same time, Katy Perry is really phony, but she's at least having a good time. I don't really love Katy Perry either, but, like, I just keep thinking about these qualities in Jewel that make me insane, and it really is about the combination. And... I have to say that, yes, you're right, that most pop lyrics, uh, if you look at them, are pretty terrible. But I just feel like that Jules' lyrics are the worst. They make me so angry because, again, Jewel is it's such dishonest writing because you can hear her straining to be poetic. It's like the way that I used to write poetry in high school. So I know for a fact how dishonest it is because I just used to be thinking about, oh, what pretty phrases can I use? Or like, what would be an interesting play of sounds? Or like, you know, stuff that isn't actually about anything other than just demonstrating one's own cleverness. But then I just feel like also Jewel, girl, I mean, and as a professional editor now, I just want to like reach back in time and be like, Jewel, when someone said to be specific. I was just going to say that. Like. She went way overboard in the other direction on the details. Yeah. And like, it's a little abstract. And it's like, well, I made the yolks into a smiley face. Okay. Like, oh, if you're going to use details, make them not twee. Yeah. I just like, make the details. Exactly. Like, or make a detail about how you killed yourself. Just but, kidding. That's but also. Hard. Oh, shit. But here's another thing. That, if you're going to get specific, don't make it twee. Don't make it completely unlike anything that anyone would ever say. And here's the next thing. Make your fucking details dramaturgically possible. Because you cannot. Make a smiley face out of egg yolks, which are fundamentally round. And don't get over here and tell me, oh, then she used a fork to turn one of them into the bottom smiley face. No, no, I refuse. That image does not make sense. If you have to work that hard to imagine egg yolks and a smiley face, the image is a failure. The next thing I would like to point out to you is the following. When she says, I never put wet towels on the floor anymore because dreams last for so long. What the fuck does that mean? Dreams last a long time, so I'm not putting towels on the floor anymore? I mean, again, I could maybe do Why something. were you doing that in the first place, you Yeah, pig? you nasty pig. But also, 
Those two sentences, those two phrases do not make sense. No one, I mean, you could extrapolate it to probably say, oh, she means that um, because of the dream of being with you, you didn't want me to put towels on the floor, now I don't. But guess what? If I have to work that hard, your pop lyric is a failure. And it just, we're going to be talking in a few episodes time about uh, an 80s song with the line, I can make it, I know I can, you broke the boy and me, but you won't break the man. You know what? That line's cheesy too, but I get it right away. With Jewel, yeah. I'm like, because also just the effort for poetry is infuriating. <sighs> okay, now though I would like to say, let's kick it to hands and see what kind of bile raises to the tip of my throat this time. Yay. <laughs> If I could tell the world just one thing, it would be that we're all okay. And not to worry, cause worry is wasteful and useless in times like these. I won't be made useless, won't be idle with despair. Gather myself around my faith, light the darkness most fear. Actually, what's frustrating to me about this song is that the music to this song, it's a little simpering, but like it's it's not terrible. It's a little there's like drama to it. It's interesting, but or in that sort of ballady cheesy way. But then she gets to lines like "Poverty stole your golden shoes, but it didn't steal your laughter." Again, this is super specific and means and yet somehow means nothing. Yeah, it's just like this word garbage salad noun string. It's just yeah. like I made a. Like, I pooped. <laughs> like, the human kitten poster successfully went number two. Good job, Jewel. And I'm just being so mean to her. You know, I watched a show called Celebrity Bull Riding. Yes, this existed. Watched the whole thing. Like, Johnny Fairplay and people like that were on it. And it was hosted by a bull rider, whose name I've forgotten, but he was at that time engaged to Jewel, mm-hmm. and sometimes she would be on the show, and she was actually very, like, chill- like, she was, she was nobody. Like, she was the nobody in that scenario. Right. Um, and she, like, looked pretty and had her hair in braids and was, like, just a person. Right. And I actually thought really well of her that she'd sort of agreed to do whatever this was. Like, on the, you know, country music television channel. That she's like, why not? Like, I'm in the next building. Sure, I'll put some makeup on. Although, keep in mind that maybe this was around the time when she was trying to cross over as a country artist. Could, yeah, could have been. So... Again, I don't know Jewel as a person. Maybe she's awesome. In real I life. hope she is. I hope she is too. But I hope she's a jewel. Oh, so I'm going to make just one last point, Sarah, and then I'll kick it to you. Uh, the other thing that I do want to point out is that my hands are small, I know, but they're not yours. They are my own. Again, if you really think about that, it doesn't mean much. 
Okay, Sarah, I feel re- I feel cleansed. Um, okay, I would like to know that there is something about this song, like, especially the bridge, that, like, I know it's very schmaltzy and manipulative. It does get to me. Like, there is something about the chord progression and the, the piano... Um, they're not exactly arpeggios, but whatever. Demi arpeggios, you know the email. Talk about songs at Gmail. Tell me what I don't know, because I have to learn. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry that it's um, happening this way. Uh, I think this song is a piece of shit. Uh, it's not helped by the fact that more than one WB show, and I think possibly Alias, uh, used it back in 98 or 99 when it was when it was hot, like that's, I think how people knew it, Mm. that it would be at like minute 53 when Dawson is on his roof making poopy face because his parents are getting divorced and it's all about him. Um, and there are a lot of bad things about it. Like the baby voice is not great. The straining for 10,000 maniacs, capital S significance is what I put in my notes. Um, Amazing. Glad you brought up Natalie Merchant et al. And yeah, that is also a problem. However, this is a huge leap forward from the three years older you were meant for me. She seems so much more in control of the transitions. Yeah, um, that's true. Her voice is much more consistent between like chest voice and head voice. It's still super cutesy, but it's just like a better built and more confident professional song. Right. Um, it's not good, but this is one that I like you know, we encourage you to download all of these songs legally if you would like to listen to them, uh, which is what I do when I don't own the song that we are discussing. I did not own You Were Meant For Me and it will be deleted from my iTunes library forth fucking with after we finish recording this. Um, in fact, I'm just going to do that right now while I'm talking. But Hands, I already had like in the collection because mm-hmm. it's like, it's not a good song, but it sort of brings me back to like, there are certain things that have connections for me with Dawson's Creek, which that is not particularly a positive, and the connections aren't necessarily a positive. But because Dawson's Creek is what made me a TV critic and introduced me to my work wife, Tara Ariano, mm. there are certain like things about it that it's like they're allowed to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wish televisionwithoutpity.com, our old site, uh, I think I recapped this episode and was quite like withering and there was like a full moon and Katie Holmes is stroking James Vanderbeek's face. And it's like, Oh my God, like this is peak late nineties square neck tank top territory of feels right now. Yes. Um, yeah, it's not a good song, but it's like listening to them back to back. It's so much like she has improved so much, even if the result is still totally not for us. So well, and that's the thing. Jewel is not untalented. And it, 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 you're right, too, that you can actually hear, even in the two snippets that we played, a lot of growth as a vocalist. I think it's interesting, too, that Hands was co-written with Patrick Leonard, who is a writer and producer who helped Madonna write and produce Like a Prayer, Who's That Girl, Oh Father, Hanky Panky, I'll Remember. I mean, he worked with her on a lot of her good songs. And I think that having a producer like Patrick Leonard also probably gave her an assist in terms of polishing things up. And like I said, too, eventually, a song like Standing Still, which was from one of her later albums, even beyond the one that Hands is on, it's actually a really good song, I think. And that's the Jewel song that I will listen to freely and with joy. But I just feel like both of these songs are such booty basement. But I agree with you that 
the the booty basement quality notwithstanding to me the youthful arrogance and uh lack of discipline really does make you were meant for me a festering sore on the history of popular music i agree so it are the terms of jeweler dome which is worse like mm-hmm. the one that walks out is the worst or the one that walks out is the Ooh, I think that the one that walks out lives, and the one that stays in is devoured by wolves. Okay, so... So I think that You Remember Me stays in the dome and yeah. is devoured by wolves. But, and yet, I think it's the winner, because I think if the terms are... Yes. So why don't we have the hands beat You Were Meant For Me to death? Yes, ooh, good, there it is. I like that. Mm-hmm. And see, that actually is a metaphor that makes sense, Jewel. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is created and hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. If you'd like to request a song for discussion or to share the mixtape of your soul, send us an email at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com or tweet us at talksongs. Today's theme music was written and performed by David Gregory Byrne. And if you would like to submit a theme, send it to talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. Just keep it under 15 seconds, and please use the full name of the podcast. And if you'd like to buy an ad, we welcome you. Advertise your business, send a birthday message, or just hum a few bars. Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com to get advertising. Until next week, this is Sarah. This is Mark. And And this this was Mark Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. Talk about songs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.